Hey everybody, welcome to Popcorn Not Included. I'm Matt. I'm Maggie. Uh, and this is our movie podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, today we're talking about The Lego Movie 2, The Second Part. Yay. Which is the sequel to The Lego Movie. It may surprise you to learn. The Lego Movie 2 is uh, directed by Mike Mitchell, screenplay by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, uh, and stars Chris Pratt, Elizabeth Banks, Will Arnett, Tiffany Haddish, uh, Stephanie Beatriz, Charlie Day, Allison Brie, Nick Offerman, and Maya Rudolph. So, The crew. 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 The cr- I was tied between saying the, the gang cr- is all here and the crew, and so then it came out. The crew. The crew. Isn't that the villain from Despicable Me? I think so. That's the only thing I know about Despicable Me. I'm and sorry. I've never seen any of those movies, and especially not the... And I, you know, the thing is, I heard Despicable Me was pretty good, but of course, that's the thing that spawned the Minions. Right. So I can't go. It feels like going back to watch like Pandora opening the box at this point. <laughs> I've seen Despicable Me too. I remember almost nothing about it except I think there's a fart gun. You would hate it. And then I saw the Minions movie while babysitting, and it was truly terrible. These are the kinds of previews that you are subjected to when you go to see a PG kids movie. Yeah, every time we sit down in the theater, you're like, "Oh man, this is PG." I'm like, "Oh right, this is." A, and then this you is go like to the a, bathroom. <laughs> a, a movie marketed to kids. Oh no, I'm gonna have to watch previews like, like thirty animated movies that look really generic and terrible. I have um, seen that How to Train Your Dragon three or four or whatever it is trailer like the third a, a bunch of times now. Yeah. A bunch of times. Well, yeah, because you went to see like you went to see Mary Poppins, and then okay. we went to see Spider Verse. So we've been to a couple of of uh, of family PG movies. movies. Yeah. yeah, family movies. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's that's the term mm-hmm. around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't have to see the uh, or we didn't see the ugly doll things this time though. Yes, at least we didn't see the ugly doll things. Yeah, so there's that. That's that's one of the worst in a while. That gnome movie was pretty bad too. Gnomeo and Juliet. Uh, I, I don't know whichever good, whichever one had a gnome in it in like a g string. I think that's the sequel. I think that's Gnomeo and Juliet. Okay, too. whatever. I saw that like you didn't like that. <laughs> it was a terrifying, nightmarish. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're talking the about the Lego Movie Two is neither of those things. The, the Lego Movie Two is is a, a, one of the good kids movies mm-hmm. i'm i'm so happy to report Aww. um we'll just get out you know get out front and say it like uh if you listen to our last episode about the lego movie the first uh it's one of my favorite movies i think because lego means a lot to me personally i, I grew up playing with them uh a whole lot and it was it was basically my favorite toy um and just the limitless creativity you could have with Lego was was something really special. And it stuck with me for, for a long period of my childhood, not just like a little portion of it. And so uh, so Lego was really like a more significant part of growing up in development uh, to me. And the fact that they made a movie about it that really captured the the spirit of childhood and the spirit of creativity and actually commented on those things and commented on um, how that changes, how your views change on those things when you're an adult versus when you're a child. Like it, it was just a really smart movie that was also at times really dumb and silly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it kind of was able mm-hmm. to oscillate between those two things really quickly and, but without feeling like a jumbled mess. Right. And, 
the Lego movie two, I would say does, you know, it's, it's the sequel. It is a, it is more of a sequel than I was expecting. Me too. Um, and, uh, we'll do our normal thing here where we just talk in generalities about the movie, uh, and we'll get into specifics in our spoiler section later. But, uh, this, I don't think it's a, a spoiler, especially to say that this follows right up on the last movie. Like it picks up right where the last one ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't necessarily expect them to do that. Although there were hints of that in the trailer. I, th- I think they, they, they more or less give that away in the trailer. Um, yeah, with the Duplos. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and and so that kind of forms the basis of this movie is the relationship of now the the first one ended up being about the kid and his dad, and now it's about brother and sister, um, older brother, younger sister, uh, kind of a dynamic. But it's mostly told through the Legos as the first one was, um, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of. Uh, clever little twists along the way um, and just a lot of fun characterizations, a lot of fun writing. Um, and it's, I think these movies, you, this is like what the fourth Lego movie now. Cause we have the Lego movie, yeah. mm-hmm. we have the Lego Batman movie, the Lego Ninjago movie, which is the only one I haven't seen. And now the Lego movie two, the second part. Uh, so after four of these, you kind of, you know, there's a playbook they're working from here. Um, they they have a well-established kind of style with these things. Mm-hmm. But I still found it to be, you know, creative and satisfying. And uh, there, were, there were still, like, nice visual jokes that I laughed at and wasn't expecting. Um, there were, like, outright joke jokes that were funny. Because this one's yeah. more pop culture-y than the first one, I would say. A little, it, it's a little more. A little bit, yeah. The, the um, first one kind of couches its pop culture references in the background a little bit more. Yeah, uh, with these maybe are uh, the exception in your face. of Lego Batman. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, you're right. The, the, this one's more uh, got more like in your face jokes, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I found this one funnier. Yeah, I, it's yeah, it's pro- it probably is funnier, but I think one of the things that's hard to, for me to to figure out is because I've seen the first one you know, probably four or five times, um, is, is it just that I know those jokes so it doesn't hit as hard anymore mm-hmm. or, and this one's just funnier right now by virtue of it being completely fresh and new. Uh, I'm I mean, not sure. They had some really good callbacks to the first one. Um, they did, executed but, well and but not annoying. Right. No, I, I, th- this the the first one I said before in our last show the humor kind of borders on annoying a little bit. <laughs> um, it, I I would not call it annoying, but it's kind of on the line. This one I didn't feel that way at all. This really? is no. This is more because there are parts of this movie that are there like expressly to annoy you. Um, maybe it, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, not not precisely. Okay. No, there's more. Um, <laughs> I, I told you this in the car on the way home. This movie has more of a direct in for me because I am a little sister and I had an older brother. Have currently. He, he's still here. <laughs> um, I was the little sister to the older brother. Um, and so I didn't play with some of the made for girl Legos like they had. And I don't even think I played with Duplos. I think those were. I don't know when those came out. but Oh, Duplos have been around for a long time. Oh, okay. I don't think we had those. They were definitely... I think I skipped over Duplos almost entirely, but yeah. Duplos were like a nursery kind of staple 
other yeah. pe- people would have them Maybe in, we in had nurseries. Those at church. And, yeah, that, that's very possible. That sounds um, like a thing. But yeah, I didn't really do that. This one was maybe a little more fun for me in that way, in that I could kind of see myself in the movie a little more than I could with the first. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Was was that was that fun or was it was fun. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm so I'm glad I knew that going in that this movie was about older brother, younger sister dynamics, and I'm glad I knew because this is this movie is like emotionally real for me. Um, in mm-hmm. a way that could have been like triggery had I not known. Um, so I kind of had to emotionally prepare for yeah. those strings to get pulled and it did. Yeah. In a sweet way. So, um, okay. Without well, being spoilery. That's kind of, uh, I, I think those, the, that's kind of all that I, I think people need to know without really getting into. Yeah. This one the, seems more sp- I don't know. It, th- this one has more borderline spoiler material than the other, where the other seems like there's just the one big spoiler that it's actually happening well, I in think, the basement. I think a lot of the 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 things that there were to talk about in the first movie, the style, the the kind of way things are executed, it's it's all kind of the same groundwork as is being you know built on here. No pun. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's kind of less to talk about there, and I think the specifics of what they do with the movie, to me, that's that's where the spoilers come in. Um, it's not necessarily like there there are some you know twists and things uh, that are unexpected, mm-hmm. um, but also just the jokes, the setups, the the places they go with things. Um, those are. I think those are the fun of watching the movie. And so mm-hmm. I would, I would consider that not plot spoiler per se, but just like, Hey, if you, if you liked the first one and you want to see another one of those, um, you should definitely go see this movie. Yeah. Because I went it is in, worth your time. I went in knowing about as much as we've said so far. Um, and I was glad I knew that much, but I'm glad I didn't know anymore. So we will yeah. preserve that for our audience. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if you've seen the trailer, it's a good, in- like I, I I saw that trailer and I was like, oh, that that's that's a really good trailer. Like the first one also had a really good trailer and uh, it gave me kind of high hopes for the movie. And then I heard some things, rumblings and stuff from fuddy duddy critics, <laughs> and I was like, hmm, well, yeah, I I don't know how they can do this again. Like, uh, this is, mm, I I don't know about that. And then so I, I just started lowering my expectations a little bit because um, I just knew there's no way that they're going to they're going to be able to make something that that kind of captures that that doesn't just feel like, oh, yeah, it's another one of those. Um, and I, I don't want I don't want to say that, like the, the Lego movie, by virtue of being the first time they ever did it mm-hmm. um, is is, you know, special. And this isn't going to be that kind of special. Right. But um, I think it's as good as a sequel can be. And I don't really like sequels, so. Uh, well, I mean, there are sequels, though. You know, the, the the sort of legendary pantheon of sequels that people always bring up when you say sequels are never as good as the original, which is like The Empire Strikes Back. Um, Didn't they play The Dark Knight? No. Um, oh, okay. I mean, depends on who you believe about the the legend of George Lucas and Star Wars. I see. Um, uh, you know, the Godfather part two, 
there, there, there are sequels that people bring up that, yeah, okay, those are generally considered to be either just as good or better or good in a way that's kind of just different than the first one. Um, and this is more in line with just a, it's a traditional sequel. It, it's not going to break any drastically new ground. But right. the thing about the Lego movie was it was a fun, bam, uh, bombastic, uh, creative, exciting kids movie. Um, that worked also for adults, not the same way that like Pixar movies work for kids and adults. Cause I think those work on like kind of two different levels. Well, there's a little bit of that, but, um, I think for adults to watch the Lego movie, it kind of invites you back into thinking like a kid. Um, whereas with a Pixar movie, you view it differently as an adult and a child, um, sometimes pretty drastically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's uh i i told you after we saw it i think and this is this is a difficult i'm gonna i'm gonna couch this in a lot of like look i've seen it one time so far mm-hmm. um i i do i want to see this again like i yeah, this I'd is like the first movie in a little while that i i left the theater thinking like oh i can't wait to see that again Aww, um good. Because because it was a lot of fun and I feel like I missed a lot of little things in there and I, I feel like it'll hit me, you know, differently looking at it again um, through the lens of, of knowing the whole movie. Uh, so, but I, t- I told you after the, the theater that I, I kind of feel like this is like sort of a Toy Story 2 sequel in that that first movie is a classic and it's sort of sort of an un- unassailable classic, but the sequel was really good mm-hmm. and it was, it kind of lived up to the first movie. It's not as good as the first movie. Probably. I mean, I really yeah, don't no. think Toy Story 2 is as good as the first one. Toy Story 2, the prospector makes me too angry to really properly enjoy <laughs> it, but the Toy Story 2 very Stealth much seems. review of Toy Story 2. Mm. Toy Story 2 is very much like, Hey, you want more Toy Story? Here's some more Toy Story. Kind and, of, but like, but, but they, they go the, a little. They go somewhere, and well, this is that too. The the first movie is about is about you know very much about uh, Buzz having an arc of figuring out who yes. he is. <laughs> uh, it's about Woody also, you know his his character right there. And then the second one, you would have thought they're not going to explore. You know they're going to explore somebody different, but then they go on this whole backstory with Woody and what mm-hmm. makes and and it's like they found a really interesting place to take that stuff. They do the same thing here. They found they found a, a, a good place to take some some of the pre existing characters, um, while also uh, um, going along with their their sort of meta story. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's style wise, it's you know it keeps up, it maintains that level of quality, and it all it also it has those big ideas that the first one had. It's mm-hmm. not just and it's certainly, once again, not just a big ad for Lego, ex- you know, other than it's a big ad for Lego, but... Yeah, I mean, they bring in more of their brands or more of their but but not lines, a, I should say. Not in, like, a really, like, shilly way. No, you know, it's just th- in, like, like, a, we have more products that a sister might play with. Here are those products. Yeah. Which is fine. But it's, it's there's so... I, I could imagine a, a much, much, much worse version of this movie that's just a tour through various lego brands yeah. and and neither of these movies do that no um like ninjago is probably the most guilty of it although i haven't seen that just because it's set in one particular line of lego toys so 
whatever. Yeah. I, I find a I find a it's an ad for Lego thing to be boring, like I said in the first uh, mm-hmm. review. So five star um, movie. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You're saying that? Yeah. I mean, I don't like I don't have enough to dock it a star. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Not a full star anyway. I think in terms of being a sequel, yeah, you could say that. I was going to go with four just because I feel like handing out a five is really hard to do for me. Oh. Um, I guess I don't feel that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I could, I could, I could go with five. Like I really enjoyed it. I don't, I don't have any. I don't have any major complaints. Yeah, I don't either. Like I, there's nothing that I would say. I wish this had been different and that would be different and then it would be a five-star movie. The worst so thing I'll you just could, give them the five. The worst thing you can say is it's not as fresh as the first one because it ain't the first one. Well, that surprises me. Uh, hey, it's our first, our first theater movie of the year. Getting off to a good start here. <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I wonder if we'll have any others that, that are that good. I hope so, but... Stay tuned, listeners, Stay to tuned. hear Matt's disappointed reaction to Endgame. I hope that movie's good. <laughs> I oh, <laughs> of all the movies this year, I hope that one lands. I feel like I feel like there's almost no way to not be disappointed, though. Like I feel like they just set everybody up for disappointment. They're saying it's gonna. They're saying they're thinking about putting an intermission in it because it's going to be that long. I hear it's three hours, and they can't trim it. Which I'm, is insane. I'm fine with that, honestly. This is their this is their Return of the King, so. Just go for it. Mm. <laughs> You're like, oh, I don't want to watch three hours. Look, we didn't get to see that much it's Captain my, America last that's my time. my palpable disdain. Yeah. You're like, superhero anyway, movies don't need to be this long. It's fine. Anyway, spoilers for the Lego movie too now? There are things we could have talked about in non-spoilers, but I just feel like, look, let's just, let's just be effusive with our praise. And then, because like the, the thing that uh, is in the trailer is... Um, Rex Danger Vest. Oh, right. The other... The other Chris Pratt. The other Chris Pratt character, which in the trailer um, and in the movie comes off as a joke. It's this meta joke of like Chris Pratt plays, you know, Emmett, the main character who is um, is basically Chris Pratt before Chris Pratt got all these like action star roles. So when he was more like Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec, this like kind of simpleton... Uh, um, every man, uh, and you know, not Andy Dwyer and Emmett are, are very different characters in some ways, but, um, that was the persona of Chris Pratt at the time that he was like, when, when they cast him as Emmett, like, and, and like seeing that first movie at the time and knowing Chris Pratt's, uh, career at the time, I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's kind of perfect. But of course, since 2014, the, the first Lego movie, he's been in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's been in those, Terrible Jurassic World movies. Um, he's been uh, he's been in what was it? The remake of the Magnificent Seven. Mm. So Raptor Trainer, Cowboy, Archaeologist. Um, well, there were rumors he was going to play Indiana Jones in a reboot. Oh, that's where that comes from. Gotcha. Yeah. So so you have this this character who's like the action version of Chris Pratt, named Rex Danger Vest, which is. That is a spot as somebody who played with Legos in the nineties, that is a spot on <laughs> name that they would have given like an action hero Lego character. That's funny. It's absolute and of course, since we're in spoilers here, Rex actually means something. Mm-hmm. But is it it's like really 
No, uh, something revamped Emmett Extreme. Something like that. Yeah, reborn Emmett Extreme. Something like that. Yeah, which you know the the twist turns out to be. The twist is like really really obvious, except that you think this character is like a meta joke. Yeah, I didn't really think that Rex would have anything to do with. um, Like, I, I didn't think he would be a substantial plot device. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, right. I didn't know, you know, from the trailer, it's like, oh, that's a really funny joke. Yeah. They're riffing on Chris Pratt's career. Um, kind of like the first one sort of did. And, uh, uh, and it's amazing, like how much of a career transformation he's had between yeah. the first movie and, and now. Um, I'm glad he was a good sport about it. Yeah. Cause they really do. They really do some yeah. like fun ribbing mm-hmm. of like his, his career. Yeah. They and, give him a hard time. <laughs> and like, <laughs> Like his his weight loss between like the Parks and Rec role. Oh and man, the, they do. They even go for the weight yeah, loss. Yeah, chiseled features <laughs> underneath baby fat. It's like wow. <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty fun. I mean, when you go back and you look at him in Parks and Rec, it is it is like a, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the first season of it, where he's not even a lovable character yet. Mm. Uh, of course, you're on record as saying you don't like Parks and Rec, and that's fine. Okay, listen, everyone has always we told me you. that you have you should maybe even just skip the first season. Yeah, it's bad. Listen, if I have to skip the first season of your show, that's bad. Like that's not a I, I have a I have a <laughs> I have an objection here. I shouldn't have to skip the entire first season of your show so that I may well, enjoy that's, it. That's how that's how next generation is as well. <laughs> well, yeah, so I'm just I'm not playing. I'm not I'm not down for that. So I've watched maybe half the first season. It's like this is terrible. And everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah, it is. You got to just keep going." It's yeah. like, "Why? Why do I have to just keep going to really not enjoy this when there are other things that oh, I could man. watch from the beginning and enjoy?" Anyway. All right. Parks Park. and Rec. Still Parks and Rec <laughs> review from Maggie. There you go. Just have it. I just, I do. I have an objection to the, just skip it. It's fine. I, I know I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So it was really surprising when, when they just are like, no, Rex, Rex is Emmett from the future. He's like this future grizzle, grizzled version of Emmett who lost all hope in humanity and his friends and everything and became this like tough and hardened hero. Uh, and that's, that's interesting. Cause they've been riffing on, the like basically not caring equals mature um, mm-hmm. since the first movie where Lego Batman was kind of this. He was, of course, a commentary on Batman and certain perceptions of Batman, um, certain segments of the fan base that only accept Batman as a like a brooding loner, like that's all he can be. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of continuing that that theme. And in the early portion of this movie, of course, you have the the Mad Max um, style riffing, um, which is, it's funny cause there's some Mad Max, pretty heavy Mad Max references in this, uh, particularly Fury Road, mm-hmm. um, the good one. Uh, and, uh, there's a little bit of diehard reference that isn't really connected to much of anything. It's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. Um, and neither are movies that you had seen until semi recently. And then we watched they were convenient movies to have just seen. Yeah, like, oh, you, I get all this. That's really funny. Yeah, you were like, you, oh, you would have been kind of lost with what they were referencing. At the beginning, definitely. Because they just say it's a post-apocalyptic yes. desert wasteland thing. Right. But, but I get it more. It's very, it's very Mad Max post-apocalyptic. There are even like somewhere the, on the cars and all the people yelling and yeah. all of that stuff is very direct. Yes. And the kind of the color palette of it is very 
very much taken from Fury Road mm. with the bright orange sand uh, and uh yeah and all the, the all the car stuff all the the bases and mm-hmm. um and and that's fun and I think that's maybe where it seems like they're going for a little bit more pop culture referencing because it hits that pretty heavy in the first movie like a lot of the locations and stuff seem like generic or specific to the Lego movie itself Mm. Um, they don't seem like they're particularly playing off of, you know, like another movie or another series or something like that. They're playing with more generic kind of tropes. But, but yeah, so Lucy is very much like tough and hardened and we need to, I don't even know like what they're trying to do. I guess they're just waiting for more war at that point. (laughs) They're they're just kind of in a, in a state of perpetual like war against the, against the invaders, the Mm -hmm. the Duplo invaders and the, well, and then five years pass between the, the, the the previous movie and this movie, um, which is the actual amount of time. Mm-hmm. between the productions of those yeah. movies. So they got the same kid and everything. But but yeah, uh, so but Emmett is still Emmett even 5 years later and he's happy and everybody else is gruff. Um and it, they yeah. say they've grown up. Um Yes. Yes. And uh so there's some tension between Emmett and Lucy at the very beginning on where he's still just trying to like make a happy life for them um and be optimistic and innocent and kind of naive in some ways and and she tells him you know, she he needs to toughen up and grow up and that's that's also like just a um referencing that um that part of of growth into being a teenager where nothing where everything you th- once thought was cool is not cool anymore mm-hmm. um and and you 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 go from in, the innocence of childhood where everything is awesome yeah um, into realizing, oh wait, not everything is, and there are problems with the with the world. Like part of growing up is trying to reconcile your childhood view of the world with a more adult view of the world, and that adolescent period, a teen period, is like really tumultuous because you're going through that transition. Um, and you know, I'm no child psychologist, but like, yes, this is this is clearly what they're they're referencing here. It's not just the conflict between the brother and sister, but also mm. kind of a natural effect of, of growing into, cause he would be a teenager. I think he'd be like 13 and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm, if I did my math correctly. Yeah. Um, and she's more like 10. She's probably his, his age from the first one. Yeah. Thereabouts. Um, if, if I had to guess, mm-hmm. uh, maybe, maybe nine or 10, um, maybe slightly older. So I think it's interesting that they used that that theme of basically maturity equals not caring, not being vulnerable, um, not not having connections and friends who can call you out. Basically, like I think it's interesting that they continued that theme, which was present in the original movie, but just in a single character, and they sort of broke it out into most of the characters, mm-hmm. um, except for Emmett, and then of course by the end of the movie or by you know, the, the, the climax of the movie, that thought has infected Emmett. And of course that thought has also infected Rex, who is Emmett in this other future timeline, which I kind of love that they just threw in time travel. Cause I, I really dislike time travel as a plot device, mm-hmm. generally speaking. 
Um, it you just, laughed really hard at the end when he was like, that's fine. I'll just go back and do this all again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they just, he just called it right out. Because that's because that's my thing with like, with time travel is it ruins any logic in your plot. Mm-hmm. So like I've never seen the the Terminator movies, but you know, the Terminator movies are essentially like John Connor is this character who goes in the future and he he defeats the robot army. So they send oh. Terminators back in time to try and is kill. Is that why he says he'll be back? Probably. Oh. <laughs> that's the only thing that I know about, about the Terminator, Terminator. movies. They're, Arnold Schwarzenegger will be back. Future it's fu- future robots destroy humanity except John Connor fights the back. So the robots send a robot back in time to kill John Connor's mother and then to kill John Connor mm-hmm. and then various other versions of that because and and so my thought immediately is like None of these stories matter because if they have a time machine, they can just keep doing this until they succeed. And And you can just keep making these movies. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And there, like, time travel is not always a bad plot device. Um, There are definitely stories and movies where I enjoy it. But, you know, in this case, like, logic is not an important. This is one no. of the few movies where I would say, like, uh, the story being illogical is actually really, really, really beside the point because what the movie is about, the relationship between the brother and sister, it's about learning to care. It's about learning to play together. It's about all these other things. It doesn't matter that there's this weird time travel thing that doesn't make any actual sense. Like, that's yeah. so not the point. Right. And, and even th- besides just the time travel, there are other areas where i think even rex says yeah you just gotta go with it it's fine exactly he said that um, about which is a really fun hand wave to, to time travel stuff there yeah. have been other movies that have done that as well mm-hmm. <laughs> and and yeah i i think uh, you could be very not fun um and sit here and gripe about well which times is the sister narrating and which ones is the brother narrating right. and i don't understand how that could work and if no stop 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 right just like just watch the movie <laughs> Emmett in the first movie is sort of an uh, a sort of an avatar for Finn the kid but he isn't a one to one right representation nor is um i guess i guess general mayhem would be the sister no it's a or, the tiffany haddish character i can both well, really what's her of. name shape shifty oh, thing oh uh, queen queen whatever sh- I, I'm gonna look this up. <laughs> Tiffany Haddish. Uh, I guess she's she's both General Mayhem and uh... right, but it, there's not a there's not a one to one analog. Is the point though? Yes, it's rep. And uh, what's fun is when all of the uh, the toys that get captured in the beginning, um, the the Legos that get captured, um, it's the sister playing with them when they all are mm-hmm. like happy and glittery mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I love That's it. That's fun. When they first went into whatever they call sisterville, um, the sister system, the sister system. Um, yeah. They continue to do fun, uh, names for things uh-huh. and the, our mom apocalypse uh-huh. or something like our mom apocalypse. Something our mom apocalypse. Like yeah. Um, but when they were going in, I was like, Oh man, I hope they get covered in glitter. And then yes, no, our our mom getting, our mom getting, our mom our mama getting, that's it. Not our mom our getting. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, but yes, they they did a whole bunch of things that I hoped that they would do with the sister that were just fun and silly. Yeah, like what? 
Did they cover it up in glitter? Um, I also like oh, the glitter. I also liked that there weren't just Legos in the sisters. They had like some tulle fabric and they had um, the the strings kind of dangling construction paper cutouts mm. and uh, other materials and not just the Legos. Um, I thought, I don't, maybe I'm reaching here, but that seems more like a little sister move. Sure. To, um, like that, that sounds like something I would have done. But there are other materials than just Legos in yeah. the Sistar system. It doesn't go full Toy Story with like a variety of brands and things like that. But no, it, it, just materials. It sort of hints that way. And there and there were some of that in the first movie with like the the weird relics that were brought into the Lego yeah. world, the uh the the exacto knife and the band-aid and stuff like that. Oh, is the thing that you were hinting at earlier about being annoying is the song? Yes. This song is going to so, get stuck. So, yeah, that was so, yeah. the thing that really oh, surprised me about this movie. my goodness. It was stuck in my head. There's like, there's like three song numbers yeah. in it. Like, it's not a full-on musical, but it is. it goes more in that direction than I would have ever expected. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense, though, for, for the sister character um, and for just the little sister yes. to have more song and dance numbers. They were as sugary sweet annoying pop as you could ever imagine <laughs> and it so works yeah they were trying to come up with a song that was as catchy as everything is awesome from yeah, the first movie they did i think it works and then they they were like well the only way to do this is just to go full-on annoying with it mm-hmm. so they literally have a song called what okay what is it, it called the song's gonna get stuck inside the your song's head? gonna get stuck inside your head i think that's that's the line that they sing yeah. over and over yeah, and over. I think that's just what it's called. Yeah, and then yeah. they've got funny little bridges. Is it T Pain? I think it's T Pain. I think T yeah T Pain is one of the voices. A verse. In it. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the intro to uh, you very much think that um, what's did you look up the name of the Shifties? Yeah, thing? Uh, Queen whatever wannabe. Queen whatever wannabe. Um, when you first meet her, you know, it's, it's very clear she's, she's going to be the villain. Right. So she she's does, evil. uh, she does a song and dance number about how she's not wink, wink. Um, and that one, that was good. Like that was a good, um, setting you up villain. So at that scene. point, did you think she was still going to be the villain? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I drank the Kool-Aid the whole way through. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, I did too. I felt like I, I probably shouldn't have, but I did. I mean, I, yeah, I thought it was, it was so obvious, like a wink and a nudge that I didn't Mm -hmm. think that they might be playing with me. Well, and the Lego movie is this franchise, like it's the sort of thing where they would totally wink, nudge, like, hey, we're going along with this trope and we're going to like underline it and circle it because you all know what this is Mm -hmm. and, and we're just going to have fun with it. But then no, it's a subversion. Yeah. She's not the villain. Right. Um, and and the, essentially the entire conflict is um, the sister wanting to play with the brother and even to the point where she has this general mayhem character that is sort of like the tough character mm-hmm. from from the sister because she thought that's how I'll play with him is I'll I'll try to adapt to his style. Yeah, he likes bit. wars. So we'll he do likes, a war. Yeah. You get hints of this miscommunication between the two of them. Yeah. Um, and of course, the the big um, horrible apocalyptic event they're trying to avoid is mom saying, 
you two can't play with these anymore because you can't get along. You put them all in boxes, (laughs) which is like so, so relatable. Who didn't have like some form of that at one point? If we can't get along, you can't play with it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. There, yeah. Um, But yeah, it, this movie, again, I think works well on an emotional level um, because there is a point where, because so Wildstyle doesn't buy it that she's not the villain and all the other kidnapped Legos yeah. are just like, yeah, this is great. Everything's fun and happy over here. What's your problem? And, uh, and then it's revealed, no, I, the, the, the song was legit. I'm trying to tell you that I'm not all these things that you think I am. Yes. Um, and it's funny the way that it's delivered, but at the same time I was like, Oh, I, Oh, I know what that's like. And it, it, it's funny cause the, the sister essentially wants to the represented by queen, whatever wannabe, mm-hmm is uh wants to unite the two feuding factions through marriage yeah which is a really you know like that's a funny history reference to the way that a lot of um treaties were done in the ancient world with royalty marrying into one another but it's also just that's exactly what a that's how little girls that's how a little girl would think yes is we're gonna we're gonna solve this with a wedding (laughs) like the war didn't work um I was surprised how heavily featured Batman was in this movie. Yeah, because you would have thought they would have wrung all the Batman jokes out of it. Mm-hmm. Wrong. There's a lot of Batman. There, There's a lot of Batman, but it's good. It is. It's funny. <laughs> so, it continues uh, to be one of the best on-screen versions of Batman. <laughs> yeah. one of uh, I think it's one of the highlights is where um, General Mayhem's Saying that they're gonna, so Batman's like, no, 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 I'm not getting married. I'm Batman. I can't do right. that. Um, and so General Mayhem's kind of asking Queen, what is it, Queen? Whatever beat wanna be, whatever wanna be, whatever wanna be. Okay. Um, she's asking her kind of if she needs help. She's like, girl, I got this. And so she sings this whole song about how Batman's not the kind of not guy she wants. <laughs> yeah. Not she doesn't like Gotham City guys. Yeah. And is, then it's revealed that she's after Superman. She's after Superman, which and of then, course. <laughs> Raises Batman's jealousy. Oh, it's hilarious. It's so funny. Yeah, it's it's that's a really entertaining. The, the songs are all really entertaining. Even the the annoying song, the mm-hmm. purposefully annoying song. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're all really well done. And I, it's funny because like everything is awesome. Uh, doesn't doesn't really serve necessarily as much of a plot purpose. It's kind of there to sort of underscore some themes and stuff. Um, but all of these songs, they like move the plot along, yeah. um, in the way that like a musical film does or like a Disney movie does, um, which is interesting. I didn't expect that. No, me neither, but they are, they're really well done. I think Tiffany Haddish was great casting. She did a great job. Yeah. She's a lot of fun. Every, I mean, once again, like everybody is fantastic in their, in their roles. Yeah. Um, so what, what did you think of, of wild style in this movie? Um, cause you were disappointed with her, her. Yeah. Um, kind of them dropping her in the final act of the previous movie. No, it, it's... Which they kind of point out in this movie. They do. <laughs> um, yeah, they... Uh, that's their... There are a couple of moments in here where I, I think some viewers will look for political Easter eggs that I don't know the movie intended. <laughs> this is one that the movie just leans right into and said, oh, you did all the work, but then the men took the credit. Kind of. Um, well, well, they say that. And then that that reminded me a lot of a line from the Wreck-It Ralph 2 trailer where oh, the yeah. princesses all say that to um, – what's the, the – The little the, girl. The uh, Sarah Silverman character. 
I don't remember. Her I don't name. remember either. We didn't see that movie. <laughs> no, I've seen the first one. But. Yeah. Um. And they were like, "Oh, didn't you do all the things?" And then somehow Ralph was the hero and has his name on the movie and everything. Yeah. Uh. Which yeah, like that sort of thing tends to happen. But I feel like I, I feel like here though, actually, what they're doing, because uh, in that scene, they're saying like, "Oh, I don't think Emmett is special. I won't take him. I want to take like the best." Lego minifigures that you have. Um, and like, he just looks normal and plain. It's mm-hmm. like judging by appearances again, um, yeah. which, which harkens back to the first movie where nobody thinks he's special because mm-hmm. he doesn't look like it. And then saying like, Oh wait, didn't you do all the things? And kind of yes, kind of no. Right. But I really actually appreciated that. Although she said like, well, yeah, I did. I did the fighting and stuff. Um, she, she defends Emmett cause yeah. that could have been such a, a roll your eyes, um, scene, uh, where they're just pointing at the trope. Um, oh, I thought it was a little bit, um, but they, she stays true to her character and defends him because she, she does really care about him. But yeah. And, and that I thought like, that's the difference between these writers and, and the typical ones mm-hmm. where they, they, you know, as we said in the first movie, they hit a lot of the things that kids movies hit on, but they do it in a more clever way and kind of a more honest way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so I, I really like her storyline in this movie. I like how she's more of the, I don't know the the movie term for it, but like kind of the placeholder for the audience audience surrogate okay yeah 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 where you're like yeah yeah we you're you're really actually the villain no all this is bad we need to get out of here we need to save our friends and go back to our post-apocalyptic waste town or whatever Mm -hmm. um and then you you have that journey with her of like oh man no i was wrong um and i'm wrong about being tough and i'm wrong about maturity and i'm wrong about emmett um and i thought all of that was was really really well done yeah, and and it's interesting because if you think about kind of the conclusion of the first movie, um, it's it's also the ostensibly more mature, older person there who's wrong. It, these these movies kind of t- collectively are kind of about. I, f- I feel like you could sum them up as being about what's valuable from childhood that we lose as we get older, mm. um, because. Growing, uh, growing up, there there are necessary things that you leave behind. You're, you're being naive, um, um, and just like you you have to you have to grow more aware, more intelligent, more, um, uh, ideally more more selfless. And uh, there are, there are lots of qualities um, that you should, you should have as an adult that you don't really possess as a kid, but you don't throw all of those, those, uh, childhood aspects away. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I feel like both these movies collectively are trying to, to say like, what's good about childhood. Um, yeah. and they kind of highlight that in Emmett, uh, in that scene actually where, where Lucy defends him with, well, he's innocent and he kind of, he sees the best in people. Um, yeah. And, uh, goodness, isn't that a message for our times? Try and see the best in people. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and I think that's neat how they, they have this sort of collective theme together 
that makes them really work on a deeper level as, as a set of movies. Um, and, and it kind of makes me wonder like, are they going to try to do a third? Are they going to try to like, I'm totally fine if they don't, this would be a, I'm always totally fine if they don't. So it'd be a completely fine place to leave it. I don't, um, are but, there movies that do two and don't do three? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Like there are lots of places they could go with the Lego movie franchise that aren't a third Lego movie with Emmett and Lucy and Batman and, right. and, and company. Like they don't have to necessarily continue this to keep making Lego movies. Well, and they didn't really have a sequel hint at the end of this one, did they? Certainly no. not in the way the first one did. Because it just yeah. ended and they were playing, oh my goodness, the very, almost the very, very <laughs> this end. This is like your favorite joke. It is. Will Ferrell, the dad, who throughout the movie, he just, he, the, the, the trope of him is the stupid dad. Um, where at the beginning, he's like, kids, get along. Okay, now I fixed it. Bye. Um, and then at the very end, he says, honey, where are my pants? Yeah, in real life. And I about died. Um, I'm so glad that we had just seen the first movie yeah. because I think I would have forgotten. That was a good callback. It was amazing. And it was almost the very, very end of the movie. So, yeah, that was great. But anyway, um, <laughs> this I at the end of the first one, you know, they bring in the Duplos and it's war. And I, they they do that so much to just end movies now without actually making a sequel. So I didn't even really think that, oh, that's sequel bait. Yeah. That's just how they're ending the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't really do that in this one. So I don't, I don't know if there's going to be another, um, I'm always the person that's like, no, it's fine. You don't need to do that. Well, the ending, the ending of this movie is that, um, that Lucy gives Emmett, they, they rebuild the, uh, this home that they had at the beginning of the movie where everything's ruined and terrible and Emmett goes and he builds like a regular home with a white picket fence. With, and yeah. With a white picket fence and, and he bring, and he brings Lucy there and he's like, Hey, we could live here. And then he takes her through all the, the ridiculous rooms he has. Mm-hmm. There's like a bagel room or a waffle or what was it? I don't know. Toast. Toast. There's a toast room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's just like all, all these like strange like rooms. It's just his, you know, it's basically He's quirky and funny. It's yeah. It's his, his, the, from the imagination that brought you the double decker couch, yes. um, brings you the triple decker couch and, or, and the double decker porch swing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, it's this adorable, like highlight of how he's still kind of like, look, everything's fine. And everybody else is just like everything used to be awesome and there's there's a great uh there's a great scene where the Emmett tries to brood oh, <laughs> and it's really terrible yeah. at it um but the very end reveals and then the very end lucy rebuilds that the house and brings Emmett to it and then gives him uh an original copy of uh everything is awesome the original record of it and she's on the cover which which is means she was like part of the original group that recorded Mm -hmm. it and she has this like backstory where she used to be a lot more of a of a fun person light-hearted person it's interesting because yeah in the first movie she she kind of uh in the first movie is already in this sort of post-apocalypse sort of mindset because she's on the outs with everything that you know lord president business is doing um, and so she's already sort of an outcast and, uh, and a little bit of a hardened character in that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so they, they even kind of bring her full circle um, where you didn't even know there was a full full circle. Right. Yeah. But um, I, I think it really fits. Uh, well, yeah. So the, the moral of the story of what Emmett says is it's it's not tough to not care. It's what's really tough is is letting your your heart get opened and care and stuff. Right. Yeah. My, Which, my bad right. and stuff and and stuff and stuff but uh, uh but it's you know it's sweet and true and good yeah it's it's a great lesson there are going to be a million think pieces about how this movie is about toxic masculinity because that's a buzzword that everybody likes to parrot on the internet and there there you can certainly get that from the movie um with rex being the toxic masculine figure i i don't really think that that's exactly what they're going for in this movie uh, because so many of the characters are in that mindset at the beginning of the film, including the the main female character, including right. Wildstyle, who is very much in that, in that, you know, caring makes you weak. Yeah. It's more about a, a critique of though toughness than masculinity. Yeah. Proper. Though she, she doesn't give up on Emmett at any point. Um, and that's, and that's notable. Mm-hmm. And like the, the terrible thing, where where you know Emmett gets to he gets to a place um where he does the the action that causes them to uh that causes them to go in boxes, you know, ruins ends the world essentially. Yeah. I thought that character transformation was like really well done. Um because that's a thread that stretches back even into the first movie where he was told um, you're not you're not in step with everybody else. You're not kind of mm-hmm. like everybody else. You don't kind of get it. And then that's very much in the in the beginning of this movie where you haven't changed with the times. And in that in that same dialogue scene where where Lucy defends Emmett, she also is kind of admits, yeah, he isn't tough enough, and he hasn't changed with the times. And I wish he was this and that. And of course she. She wishes for that. She gets that, decides, oh, that was actually bad. Yeah. He was better the way he was. So, like, Emmett learns a lesson. Lucy learns a lesson. The 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 brother and sister do. Um, it's there, There's a lot going on in this movie, much mm-hmm. like the first movie. And, you know, I think it all, it all clicks, pun yeah. intended. One criticism I saw, um, I only read a couple reviews, um, but one said that it was it was too messy and too much, and I don't agree with that. I think it works pretty well. I actually think it's easier to follow than the first one, because um, it's it's very um, it's very binary, right? Like there's there's this one world and there's another world, and yeah. there's Rex and Emmett, and then there's Lucy and everybody else. Um, and yeah, yeah I think it's only think messy it's if clear. you if you try to think of it too literally, like we were talking about before. Yeah. Like, then you're just doing that to yourself. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. It, it it's very much a, a go with it movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like I don't think there are egregious plot holes that you have to just ignore. No, no, like, no. It's not. Um, like I don't say that as an excuse to cover for them. I think it's just a this is the movie. Let yourself enjoy it. Yeah, it's 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 play. It's a lesson in playtime. Yeah. Um, Did this have any uh, emotional chords for you as an older brother to younger sisters, or not really? Because you guys played together pretty nicely. <laughs> <laughs> well, so oh, <laughs> I have a I have a sister who's ten years younger than me, mm-hmm. which is which is quite a gap. Um, 
And before I knew that was going to be a sister, you know, I, and we didn't know what, what the gender of the baby was going to be. I was worried that it was going to be a little brother Mm -hmm. because I was very, I was very precious with my Lego creations as a kid. Like I would build stuff and leave it up for long periods of time. Um, you know, I build my own custom stuff. I wasn't, I wasn't like going to glue it together. Like, like Lord business, <laughs> no or craggle, but you wanted to yeah, keep no it. craggle, but I wanted to keep it, you know, until I decided, no, I'm going to do something new and I'm, I'm ready to commit to a new big project. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just afraid that I was going to have a little brother who was going to just wreck all my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you and your, your closer, younger sister, closer in age, yeah. you guys didn't seem to have we got along really well because you were really close and in I, age and i got along well with with my my youngest sister as mm-hmm. well and ended up you know playing a lot of playing playing legos quite a bit with her as well growing up um so that didn't end up being an issue because kind of by the time that was um that age age range was around um for her, her to even play with legos mm-hmm. without you know be, it, it being a swallow risk yeah um it I was in a, you know, I had grown out of that stage, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got it. Like it wasn't as personal because I, I knew from your stories about, you know, being a kid growing up in, in relationships with your brother. Like I thought, oh, this is probably going to hit pretty hard for you. Yeah. Didn't didn't the same way for me. But we all know people who have had those sort of, you know, struggles growing up. Um, or been that person, yeah. one one side or the other, and and I can very much imagine being that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, any any other like moments or things you want to highlight um, hmm. before before we wrap it here? No, I mean, I, so I did say at the end of the last one that I I hoped there were more new characters and less of the the old crew, and this was still the the normal crew. The only new characters were really. Queen, the sister characters, the what, Queen, what a, what whatever, wanna be, whatever. I can't do it. Um, <laughs> her and General Mayhem, um, General Sweet Mayhem, and then uh, oh man, and then Rex Danger Vest were, I guess, the only new characters. Um, but Batman is definitely emphasized. Lucy is definitely emphasized. Unikitty is is around, and so is Astronaut Man. Um, and that was fine. I I think that they. They did that well enough and there was enough new content for Batman and Lucy to be interesting. And then they just, they uh, came out and said, you know, the astronaut is the only thing about him is that he likes spaceships and that's fine. (laughs) Um, So it wasn't, um, it didn't feel like a, like butter script over too much bread, if you will, where that was fine for me. Yeah. And, and really, most of those side characters from the first movie are still side characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, they get, it feels like about as much screen time and, and yeah, they're not, they're not characters with arcs necessarily. Oh, I did love on Rex's ship. There are all the velociraptors. Oh, the velociraptors. That was hilarious. With, with the subtitles. That was so funny. It was, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I really, and I really liked, you know, what they did with that character overall. A lot, a lot of that stuff uh, was a was a really good riff on, you know, action movie tropes and kind of the wrong lessons that they teach. Mm-hmm. I I loved his line about 
you know, which planet should we go to? And Emmett is like, I, I'm not sure. There's so many to choose from. And he's like, well, you just pick one and <laughs> act like, you know, yeah, it, you know, and, and, and act like, you know what you're doing. That's called leadership. And I was kind of like, oh no, kids, oh, kids no. aren't necessarily going to understand that this is supposed to be like sarcasm and a comment eh. on like, it's not because I, I mean, it works because at the end they explicitly say he's the villain. Yeah. Um, which was, which was, a, that was a great moment mm-hmm. when Wildstyle figures out, oh no, all of the, all of the sister, you know, characters, they're not actually trying to be bad and deceptive. And then she's like, well, if you're not the bad guy, then who is? And then like cut immediate, immediate cut to Rex. And it was, it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an exciting movie to watch. It's a thoroughly entertaining movie to watch. And, uh. Yeah, I'm, I would be happy to watch it again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As in the first one, like a lot of the action scenes are a ton of fun. And I, I'm i someone who I usually get pretty bored by action scenes in movies. I kind of like sit back and think, okay, here we go again. we got to have an action scene because this is what you do in expensive movies now. And they're typically just – they're so – uncreative or they're so over the top that everything feels kind of pointless and disconnected from reality. And obviously this is set in the Lego reality. So of course it's disconnected from reality, but they're so creative and Mm -hmm. well choreographed and such fun. Um, and they, they're furthering the story. They're used well. Um, so I, I don't know. I I don't know that there's a lot more that we can say about this movie. Mm -hmm. It's good. It it's probably not as good as the first movie, but it would be hard to to do that. But I think it's a really really worthy sequel. Mm-hmm. Really lives up to its predecessor, and uh, that's that's all I can ask for, really. Yep, totally. Well, uh, we will see you next time on Popcorn Not Included when we will be reviewing something else. Something else, yeah. <laughs>